This is the Tuesday, January 4th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Got you covered with a variety of action, including the second-to-last bowl game of the season. So we'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes like we always do during the week. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined this morning by Tyler Fulgham. Tyler, how are you? A little bit of a sleepy Monday night game? Yeah, a little bit of a sleepy Monday night game. Uh, ben, ben Roethlisberger was able to get some help from his teammates, turn back the clock, and uh, get a victory there, and maybe his final uh, Heinz Field home game. Baker Mayfield and the Browns certainly helped them out, though they did not play very well at all. Yeah, some late news regarding that game, which we saw some steam on the Steelers when the Browns were eliminated on Sunday. And we have a not a similar situation, but similar philosophy in terms of tracking the, the market and the news and LSU tonight really reduced in terms of scholarship players. I mean, they don't have a scholarship player that's a quarterback. They're going to be converting one that played in high school. Uh, so the steam has come on K-State. Kansas State now seven. There are some seven and a halves popping up. But yesterday, this thing got to seven. And uh, look, it's, it's, it's a bowl game. Obviously, the big one is Monday, the national championship game. I, I, it's one of those things where it's live wagering spe- uh, specialty for me. I just want to see how much uh, K-State is more crisp and polished with almost all of its players versus an LSU team that we don't really know what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, that, that obviously makes sense. That's by bowl non-college football playoff bowl game handicapping is very difficult. Coaches moving now, players moving now, motivation. It's also difficult to try and decipher if you don't have, you know, plugged in sources with those teams who can give you the nitty gritty. So um, it's one where I stay away. Obviously, the K-State side makes more sense. Um, but, you know, LSU probably still has some talented players there who wanted to stay. That's just a, a guess because it's an SEC school, and a prestigious one as well. Um, but y- you would guess more likely than not that K-State is the team that's motivated and is going to have players that care more about the outcome of this game. For me, and I think it's going to be my best bet later in the day, is under 47 and a half. I, I just think the Tigers will be so limited offensively, uh, pretty green as well, given the lack of co- co- practice time in, with this reduced roster. And K-State's not a team that's going to run it up and down either. And I think LSU will have some players on D. So 47 and a half feels, feels high, maybe even a first half under. I think uh, LSU is going to have to kind of bleed the clock on offense, really just shorten the game, so to speak. All right, let's jump to the NBA. Uh, what stands out to you? Well, I kind of have some notes on every game just to share with our viewers to give them an idea of what to kind of um, look for and what to kind of analyze. Memphis and Cleveland is a, a great matchup. Memphis just went on the road, beat the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Cleveland obviously has been one of the best ATS teams in the NBA this season. Cleveland is laying two and a half at home, total of 215 and a half. The, the problem with the Cavaliers, why I'm hesitant to back them, even though I have all year long, is they just lost Ricky Rubio. And that may not seem like a big deal because Rubio is not a superstar in the NBA. But what he was bringing to that team off the bench behind Darius Garland, finishing games, knocking down free throws, steady presence on offense and defense, I don't think is 
going to be recognized enough by the average NBA fan as it should be. Rubio is a massive, massive loss for them. Meanwhile, Memphis uh, got that big road win last night. It was probably a more significant game for them as a barometer to measure themselves against the uh, team that most people think is going to win the Eastern Conference, and they passed that test. Um, and they did so with shorthanded. They were missing a few key guys in the rotation. Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton. These are significant players that would see anywhere from 25 to 35 minutes per night. So those guys are still likely out for this game. Evan Mobley in the middle and Jarrett Allen in the middle are two twin towers that will make it tough for John ja Morant to get those buckets around the rim. He's still John ja Morant. He's still a freak show. But it, the efficiency, I think, is likely going to come down. So this one is hard for me. I think the Grizzlies are the better team. I'm not going to disrespect the Cavaliers at home. I would lean Grizzlies catching the points, even coming off the second game, because I think, or the second game of a back-to-back, even though, or even though that's the scenario, the Rubio loss, I think, is one that is going to take a while for the market to adjust to. It's probably one I stay away from, like I said, just because there's too many things pulling me in both directions. Um, but I would say Memphis catching points is something that always catches my eye on the betting board right away. San Antonio and Toronto has a high total of 224 and a half. You know what I've said about the Spurs all year long, Doug, when they're at home, bet the over. When they're on the road, bet the under. Uh, they are on the road here against a Toronto team that is kind of middle of the pack in terms of um, creating environments that produce points. Um, I would likely just lay the six and a half with Toronto. They're a little bit more um, intact in terms of their, um, in terms of their uh, rotation. They're only like Jante Murray's out, Doug McDermott's out, Lonnie Walker's out for San Antonio. Um, really, there's only one or two key pieces out for Toronto. So I'd probably play them at home, laying the six and a half. The Spacers and the Knicks, this one's a funny one too. The Knicks, just two and a half point um, favorites at home against the Pacers team that literally is missing like all of their starting um, unit except for DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. This is a super low total of 207. And I think of both of these teams defensively. But with so many key pieces out, I wonder if those guys who are filling in are just going to run up and down the floor and try and get their shots up. So I don't love the side there. I kind of want to play the over 207, but that's nothing I really do with these two teams. That's just given the circumstances that they're going to play differently than they normally do because there's so many new pieces in, especially the backcourt of Indiana. It's not Brogdon. It's not Duarte. Um, it's guys who I think are going to ha- have you know something to prove in the NBA that they belong. So they're going to try and get up and down the floor and push pace, show their athleticism, try and get as many field goal attempts as possible. So I kind of lean over there. And the last one is the Lakers and the Kings. I know you don't like uh, betting into the Lakers this year, um, but the Kings are a matchup. I think they can exploit laying six and a half. I would buy the Lakers side. The Kings are one of those teams that can play to uh, the strengths of the Lakers. They're not good defensively, um, but they're also, they're even worse offensively. And one team that boosts your offensive performance night in and night out is the, is the Sacramento Kings. They're top 10 in pace. They're bottom four in defensive rating. LeBron's cooking. Maybe they have something with him playing center, which they can do in this matchup because the Kings are not big at all. Rashawn Holmes is also out. So LeBron can stay in that center centric lineup and keep those shooters around him and Russ to uh, create some space. Total is high of 230. I'd probably just isolate the Lakers side since I think they're going to win and play their team total over, which is, uh, I think, about 118, 119. So that's how I'm looking at this NBA card. I know that was long-winded and not a lot of exact picks in there, but just trying to isolate some situations that stand out as how these teams will interact on the court, uh, which is hard to keep track of night in and night out with everything changing in the NBA. Yeah, no, pretty good insight and background and opinion as well. I- I'm on the Kings a little bit. 
Uh, Lakers won two in a row, did not cover with the T-Wolves game. I think it's a similar situation. Lakers have those peaks and valleys throughout the course of every game. LeBron's been fantastic, but I think the Kings have enough firepower against this Lakers defense. But, yeah, not a huge play for me on that front. So that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. A little bit of a light card, only five NBA games, one college game. Excuse me, one uh, college football game, that is. And uh, we'll have much more throughout the course of the week. And we also have Saturday NFL. We'll have a Saturday show this week as well. So a bit of an adjusted schedule. Bonus, bonus daily wager this week on linear television. So good luck to everyone out there. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the podcast. (laughs) 